Nice guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I have multi-instrumentalist, soul singer, uh, Miss B. Free. Her uh, last album, uh, Ode to a Love Affair, uh, came out in 2016, and she's got new material she's working on. Uh, she's got a remix of Remember the Time by Michael Jackson, uh, that's also out on Bandcamp. So, um, and she does, uh, she does, this is the, this is the best, uh, she does, uh, um, Jazz duo at the Jazz Stay with her husband. Shout out, kind of busy. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Quentin. Um, so, Beefy, yes. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How Appreciate are you? It. I'm well. I'm well. I'm finally getting settled into the season. Autumn is my favorite season is it? ever. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't like the cold. Like it's already trying to shift too much in that direction. Yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate the opportunities to uh, to bust out the olive greens mm. as often as I can. So, yeah, mm. pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's like, this is definitely the coldest uh, day so far. Yeah. Uh, it's about 50 degrees and windy, mm -hmm. uh, rainy, shitty, uh, <laughs> very total autumn mode here. But, uh, like you said, um, there's a lot to enjoy about fall. I mean, I, aside from like, you know, it's kind of like, it gets like, it's comfortably cold, you know, like there's plenty of things to do outside, like, you know, the hoodies and mm -hmm. the bonfires and the spooky stuff, you know, all <laughs> month and shit. But, um, but also it's a it's a time uh, to start. I, I I like to think that fall is a great time to, uh, you know, to stay working hard. Mm -hmm. You know, as it gets colder, you spend less time outside, so it's a good time to be inside to uh, perfect your craft. You know, snuggle up with yeah. Them. It's interesting because like obviously the new year comes in January, but for me. I always think of this season as marking like the renewal of everything mm -hmm. for me, you know, because I've kind of got accustomed to the summer and everything and we have all the gigs and trying to be as productive as possible. But this is kind of like the beginning of that hibernation mode that you're talking yeah. about, like when we're yeah. kind of like tucker away to like start really working on things, especially because right. it's getting colder and there aren't as many, you know, outside performing opportunities as mm -hmm. you know, you normally would have. So this is almost like uh, the new year for me oh, nice. in a sense. It's a good, good, that's a good point, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, because I think it's because it also, we always start the year with, like, the cold, you know, right. January, like, it starts out cold, so now it's like, this is the start of that cold that's going to go into next year, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, uh, remember when it was, like, that blizzard that was, like, freezing last year, like, <laughs> well, earlier this year. Yeah, but, specific, I yeah. was specific, I was in Milwaukee. Well, it was, like. You're talking about the polar vortex. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. negative 20. Ugh, I remember. Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> I remember like people literally had to risk life or death oh, to, yeah. to um to, to depend on whether or not they wanted to go to work. Right. Like people had to risk losing their jobs oh, or sick or freezing. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I like uh, was just cooped up in my room for like two days and watched like I think it was like eight movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Nothing but, better to do than yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh that was ideal because I could totally you know, block out a day to just, mm -hmm. you know, watch movies. Because I love, I love watching movies. I love just mm -hmm. being in my room, just like in my own world. But, you know, 
I this summer was great because it was like the first summer I was really actively going to like all the street festivals and like going out to a lot of outdoor shows and that's you know uh, uh, outdoor shows when it's nice is nothing like it. Yeah. Um, so that was actually uh, where I first saw you perform was at uh, Summer Solstice. Yep, yeah, that was the first uh, show this summer yeah. that we had. Yeah. And. Uh, it was wonderful to talk to you, wonderful to see your set uh, with a full band. You did great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you also headlined, uh, was it Brady Street, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that was actually my first time uh, playing that particular festival. I've always mm -hmm. gone as a patron, you know, supporting my <laughs> other friends that have performed, or just to go, you know, drink and <laughs> yeah. walk at the same time. Yeah. But no, it was super fun to be able to, to do that. And that was like my, I want to say my third time. Playing summer solstice and the mm -hmm. third time in the year, but that was my first time ever headlining oh, wow. a stage, so that was cool too. That's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> how did uh, how did Brady Street go? Uh, it was also? really good. It was it was a little uh, iffy at first because it was raining that day, mm -hmm. so I wasn't really sure if the crowd was gonna hang around or not. But it was just enough people, and the, and the rain let up right, right around the time when we had to kind of go on. So it was sure. it was a really great energy. So I really appreciated it. Awesome. Good. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's super dope. Um, do you uh, like? So, were you headlining Solstice like all three years, or did you kind of just you kind of was it like a graduating sort of? It like, kind of feels later? as though it, it it kind of gradually led in that direction. The first time, uh, I kind of think I just had a lot of uh, attention because my album had just come out prior that that prior fall. Um, so it was just like my initial time playing it, and it was earlier in the day. And then the second time around, they asked me to return. It was a little bit later, which was cool, you know. So I noticed that you know it kind of did have this sort of like gradual chronological yeah. sort of thing. Uh, so then when the third time, the third offer came around, and I noticed that it was a nighttime slot. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, well, this is just really almost perfect. Uh, three times a charm, if you will. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have asked for. It. I, I appreciated it because I, I like, and it's also been at the same stage. Oh yeah. I, I've also I played that same stage each each year that I've done it. So mm. if I am asked back, if they do want to have me back, I would love to play uh, the opposite end just to see what it's like right. over there. Yeah, yeah, totally. But we be holding it down on the West Stage style. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's badass. Like mm -hmm. you're like ascending and every mm. each year. But yeah, like maybe next year you and Lex can trade spots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it was, because also Chicken Wire Empire was headlining, mm -hmm. it was just a really hard decision to make, but mm -hmm. you were the only one I hadn't seen live, so I had to oh, Okay, you. appreciate you sticking around. Sure thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so what we talk about at Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through our passion and creative minds. Okay. Uh, in order to do so, uh, I'd like to, you know, want to really, truly get to know you as an artist and who you are and what music has meant to you your whole life, so I guess to start... Uh, where uh, did uh, you start playing music? Where did it kind of find itself as a creative outlet for you growing up? Um, well, I always tell everybody, like my whole story really did start at home because my parents, my entire family is just full of nothing but musicians. Mm -hmm. uh, my father plays bass, uh, he sings, my mother, she sings, plays keyboards. Uh, and then their parents and their family members, it's kind of just something that's been instilled in me literally from birth. Yeah. Um, they always were extremely supportive of us being involved. I mean, I have two uh, younger sisters, I'm the oldest, and all of us were just very much supportive with all of our artistic endeavors, especially when it came to music. Um, so everything that I've ever had to do like, has been just head on. Like I had live examples in front of me. They performed all the time and they played in bands and mm -hmm. things like that. They even had opportunities here 
to perform. My father actually used to play bass for the Eddie Bucks band for a little oh, bit. Wow. So that was really cool. Awesome. So I got to see like the life of actual musicians and then artists like through what they were doing vicariously. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of started, I would say, technically writing <laughs> when I was a kid. Because I, I used to do this thing with my dogs. Where I would make them pretend to be a, a girls group. Oh my god! <laughs> so awesome. I, yeah, it was, it was really silly. Like I had this group called SKB. It was like SWB, but my I had a Cabbage Patch Kid and a rabbit and a Kenya doll. Oh so god. it was Sarah, Kenya, and Violet. <laughs> so oh it was like god. so I made them make like do these little R and B songs, oh and it was super cute. Like That's I wrote cool. them. So technically, if you want to like be real, about it, I've been writing songs since I was like eight. But right. <laughs> but it was like uh, mm -hmm. it was vicariously through the exactly so yeah. exactly so yes. but I've, I've always known ever since I was about around that age that that music was definitely going to be my niche you mm -hmm. know though I knew it was gonna be the vessel in which I was gonna be able to express myself the best the most artistically and the most honestly um, singing has kind of just always been my around you know started doing it when I was a little kid. Uh, I actually technically started playing piano like when I was two, if you will. Like my oh, kid, wow. my parents, they bought me like a little toy piano, like from a Fisher Price sort of thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. I used to kind of just tinker around on that. And I had one of those too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then graduated to like a real piano because my grandmother always had an upright in her house, and we spent a great deal of time over there. So it's always just been something that's been around. You know, mm -hmm. I would say it really was around the time I got to middle school um by ages 13 13 14 i will that i really started to take like the actual like britney part of it like really seriously you know I, that's when the neo soul movement was kind of being ushered in you know erica started in around 98 99 as far as the popularity for it but around the time i was 13 was when i had jill scott you know oh, yeah. be presented to me and i was yeah. like who is this beautiful black woman with this natural hair, you know, right, just up yeah. here doing her thing. So I really felt like seeing examples like her really helped me start to formulate my own like lyrical voice. So I started writing more, you mm -hmm. know, started making more music and it kind of just went from there. Like I, I played flute. Flute has been an obvious thing uh, from my live shows that people know for yeah. sure. Um, been playing that since I was 12. I uh, started when I was in middle school as well. So as far as like the playing and the reading music, that's always kind of helped what I wanted to do with like my own individual stuff. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just kept everything uh, centered around that. And awesome. I would say like literally just gradually all of the educational opportunities that I've had. Like I went to Milwaukee High School of the Yards, uh, got some major in music all four years that I was there. And uh, even while we were there, they gave us performance opportunities. Oh, wow. We had chances to go like fly to New York City and perform for jazz festivals awesome. and things like that. Right. So it was it was really cool. It kind of gave me a taste of the how you know the different avenues of ways to kind of make this um, work for me. Awesome. So, yeah, it really just kind of kind of stuck ever since mm -hmm. then. My so I would say I'm really really blessed and lucky to have had. Literally just about every part of my life, ever since I can remember, have something to just be reaffirming that music was going to be it for me. Shout, like, shout out to dolls. <laughs> play, right. play with your dolls, kids. <laughs> um, in my case, it was Hot Wheels. But, uh. <laughs> but, but uh, oh, that's that's awesome. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like, you know, it's just definitely something that you knew you were going to do at mm -hmm. a young age. Um when did so were you kind of like uh when it came to like actually playing out your your own compositions mm -hmm. as be free i guess like when uh 
around what, what point in your career did that start happening? Um, I would say around the same age, like when it first initially got serious, like 13, 14. I wasn't going by Be Free yet, though. Uh, it was just Britney Freeman. Sure. That was my yeah. name. Yeah. Um, but my my parents uh, saw, my dad especially, saw that this was something that I was really like trying to pursue. Um, got an opportunity to perform in some local talent shows here in the city. I know they used to do uh, an Apollo sort of style thing here like, oh, yeah. at the Paps. So I got to audition for that. And they had me come back a few times. Uh, then that just kind of led to other things. I actually performed at Summerfest. For the first time uh, through the uh, Apollo thing that they had oh, here locally, right. which was really awesome. Uh, and then that also led to me going to a recording studio for the very first time in my entire life. Oh, as a folks, teenager? Yeah, as a teen. Some folks had saw me perform at one of those things and they were like, hey, I'd like to like, let her help her record yeah. up until she has some music. So it was just really just a whirlwind of, I would say that 14 definitely was a pinnacle age for me. For oh, yeah. All that off. Um, the be free persona, <laughs> if you will, sure. didn't really start until like my young adulthood. My uh, jazz teacher, uh, he used to give us all like nicknames, and every time he would see me, he'd call him, "Hey, be free!" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then other people started calling me that too. And I was just like, "Yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense." Yeah, you know, right, I like yeah. it. It sounds kind of soulful. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of jazzy. Which was the edge that I was going for anyway. Yeah. So um, I kind of just suck with that, if you will. Totally. Kind of given by my moniker ever since. Yeah. When did you, uh, so were you kind of also like through doing this, always playing with other musicians? Or like, when did you start bringing other musicians into Be Free? Mm -hmm. um, well, I definitely had a bit of a time period where I wasn't really well known here. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go to college in Milwaukee. Like, I went to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania for mm -hmm. undergrad. And then I went and got my master's uh, in Vandercook in Chicago. Oh, wow. So it wasn't really until I moved back after the fact um, that I started kind of re-immersing myself and kind of just having to remind folks, like, hey, I, I do music and I'm, I'm here, I'm staying for a while. It was just different collaborative opportunities that came up from friends of mine who were doing things at that time. Uh, I always uh, shout him out all the time, but Kellen Classic, um, the rapper. Shout out Classic. Yeah, he, he definitely helped me kind of get myself re-immersed into the music scene at that time mm -hmm. by having me come and, and just sing and play food on quite a, a number, a large number of his projects. Oh, um, and then of course, uh, my teachers and, and uh, mentors who knew me of having played and you know they were giving me gig opportunities. I had a chance to um, play for a while, like a little bit over a year with this wedding band called Velocity. Oh, nice. oh, that uh, had to be yeah, fun. Yeah, and that was, it was fun, super fun. Every yeah. weekend, like every weekend we were just hitting it. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> all, all those sorts of things kind of just made the collaborative thing a little bit more free-flowing and natural. Sure. And just from word of mouth, like mm -hmm. somebody would hear me on somebody else's thing or have seen me perform with somebody else in that sense, that would just lead to other opportunities. and. And now I would say, and where I am now in my career, I really do feel like working with other musicians in the city is definitely something that I, I take pride in, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's me, you know, doing something that they've asked me to be a part of or whether I'm able to kind of create opportunities for them to buy the different projects that I've had the opportunity to curate or to put them on. So that's definitely something that um, I'm very proud of. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's the you know, beauty of a... Uh Collaboration mm -hmm. is everything. <laughs> you met your husband uh, at in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, were you like 
were you two like, uh, how did you two start kind of getting into playing with each other? Well, uh, Quentin Farr, that's his name, uh, he was also a, a music major. Uh, I started out in band, like I was in the wind ensemble, but then I kind of, around my junior year, I migrated over to the jazz department a yeah. little bit, yeah. and that's kind of how we first met, um, but he was always one of the top like pianists in the department. So um, by my senior year, uh, I auditioned for the top combo, because you know all the classes were divided into different groups. And the top combo at arts is called Jazz Lab. Mm -hmm. um, so I auditioned and I got in. And Quentin was already in there. He kind of got grandfathered in for being in it the year before. So we have already been performing together, like, like realistically, since we were in high school because oh, wow. of those instances. Um, but we didn't really start, I would say, all the other things until after high school. We ended up going to the same. We ended up dating after that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so right, it wasn't yeah. really during high school time. Sure. But I was already so accustomed to playing with him by then because, you know, he kind of understood my musical language from all the shows that we've done together yeah. in school. So really being able to do things from on the be free side of things and then even just joining the stuff together that we now do, it really just was second nature. Like he's the only other person I would say in this entire world that I really don't have to try hard to yeah. like play with, you know what I mean? Because we kind of already understand where each other is gonna go musically, totally. you yeah. know what I mean? Which is really cool, really cool about having yeah. played with somebody for so long that you know you kind of can finish each other's musical sentences, if you will. Right. So, yeah. It's really yeah, cool. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, there's definitely like uh, there's a couple um, like family duos I've mm -hmm. talked to, like Sister Strings and, yeah. and Immortal Girlfriend also. Oh, I love uh, them. Oh Super yeah. Cool guys. Yeah, they're all. Both of those artists are both outfits are yep. great and but Absolutely. having family is like uh, a much more like uh, sort of un unsaid trust that you have uh, with like what each other's gonna do mm -hmm. like I mean when you play with in bands for like a long time with other people like you know you eventually kind of like learn like you said, like the language of like how they play, what mm -hmm. they're gonna do, what you can expect from them. But especially when it's like family, it's like chances are you've been playing instruments in the household for mm -hmm. like your whole lives. Mm -hmm. uh, so especially like considering like you know uh, you're married, <laughs> like it's <laughs> kind, like, of, kind of inevitable. Right, right, yeah. So it's just it's uh, it seems like uh, a very like natural thing for you to yeah. be playing together um, in the in the fashion that you do. Mm -hmm. um, so um, let's uh, so let's uh, so your your album Ode to a Love Affair came mm -hmm. out three years yeah. ago. What was like I guess the concept you had in mind for that project? Uh, uh, well, Ode to a Love Affair, um, it wasn't so much a concept initially. <laughs> it really started off as just. A reflection of all that I was able to create during some un inadvertent downtime. I, I talked about it a lot in the rollout for that album because prior to that uh, I had actually gotten kind of sick a little bit. Yeah. Not a little bit, a lot of a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was teaching music full-time and I had just kind of gotten accustomed to being around different sets of germs and you know different environments and things like that and one of the children, I still don't know who, doesn't matter, but somebody got me sick um, ferociously so, and I got a yes. throat infection. I contracted a throat infection, which led to me losing my voice. Um, this also happened to be around winter time as oh, well, dear. when all the season changes, kind of like now. Yeah. So like this is a bittersweet season, if you will, <laughs> because but I got sick. I got pneumonia, 
and I didn't even know I had it. Like, I was sick for, like, I would say five weeks before I really got, like, accurately diagnosed with everything that was going on. But by that time, I had already been, like, coughing up blood. It, had, it completely burned everything, like, in my throat when I did try to swallow or eat anything. So it was it was just so much irreparable Thanks. damage that had that was already in the process of like coming to pass. So by the time they figured out exactly what was wrong with me, um, I was gonna I started the rehabilitation. Obviously, I was under really really great care with the otolaryngology department at Freighter. Shout out to Freighter Hospital. Shout out to <laughs> Great work you do. Right, local locals. But um, yeah. but at, but because it had been you know such a long time of me not knowing. What was happening? All that coughing, all that acidic coughing that I was doing, yeah. I pretty much burned my vocal cords. Where's your esophagus down and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And then so all of that kind of left me a little bit out of out of work, out of business because I had to go and eventually wait to get a vocal cord surgery to remove all the scar tissue from the burning that had occurred on my vocal cords. So it was about an 11 month total, 11 month process where I was completely unable to sing. Oh wow. Right, and it was very, very devastating um, because during that time I had no idea if I was even going to be able to sing again. Nobody ever knows what happens to your voice when you undergo any kind of reconstructive surgery on it, which is essentially what that was. So during that time, I pretty much just tried to utilize all the other avenues of music making that I could. Like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sing yet, but that doesn't mean I can't write these songs. That doesn't mean that I can't produce these songs. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't have stuff that I've written from years ago that I can try to just, you know, fine tune now and, and revamp and, mm -hmm. and see. And that's pretty much what the culmination of that was, you know. And then as I started to heal and it was getting back into the swing of things with performing again, um, I noticed that the collection of songs that I had, most of them were about love, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and my first project, I had my initial project came out in 2012, but it really was just a splatter of just, you know, yeah, like, right. this is what's on my mind, so right, here yeah. you go, you know. So I kind of wanted this to seem like it was a little bit more deliberate. So um, I arranged the songs in an order as if they were kind of telling a story, you know, mm -hmm. the story of an actual love affair. You know, things you can see from the beginning track that things are a little bit sour, you yeah. know, like may, maybe they've been that way for a while, but they kind of showing the different ups, emotional ups and downs that one would traverse with having, you know, undergoing something like that. Like you have somebody you truly love or care about, but maybe it's not the best situation. Um, somebody, somebody you thought you were going to be with for a very long time, but things just go completely left. How do you deal with that emotionally, especially when you have such a strong connection to that, you know, thing? Mm -hmm. and, and in a way, in a way, I always say, too, that I like to think of that project as a way of me personifying the actual struggle that I was going through with the loss of my voice. Because to me, my voice was my love. Yeah. That was, that's I was in a relationship with right. music through my voice, yeah. and for me to suddenly be betrayed like that, you know, and have not have not have the ability to use mm -hmm. it anymore, and not know whether or not it was ever going to come back, it literally was like I was, you know, I was I was being broken up with. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and I, I so I like to think of that a lot of those projects, a lot of those songs, as sort of a lamenting sort of thing. And then eventually, by the end of the album, 
um, things kind of get a little bit more mended, you know, uh, which is essentially what ended up happening with me too. So I thought it made perfect sense. You know, it was a way for me to kind of let out my aggressions about all of the heartache that I was feeling about not knowing where I was going to be able to be musically within that time, but then also being able to rejoice with knowing that in the end, everything's all yeah. turned out okay. So, oh, that's good. Well, mm -hmm. I'm glad it did. Very, <laughs> right. You and me both. Very clearly, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you're, you're still here killing it, playing mm, shows and making music. So that's, I mean, I'm glad it, that things, despite mm -hmm. how uh, prolonged it was, mm -hmm. like, can only imagine how grueling that 11 months had to be. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, kind of how they say when, you know, a relationship doesn't work out, um, they say, oh, well, just focus on the other things in your life. Yeah. Focus on, you know, focus on yourself is what they say. <laughs> And uh, in a way, you did that with, like, you know, the, like you said, the other avenues of your craft that you mm -hmm. can work on in the meantime. So, like, mm -hmm. the production and, you know, the instrumental parts of it mm -hmm. and, you know, like, writing and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like, that won't utilize your voice, but in the meantime, you can still grow in so many other areas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a love affair, when that doesn't work out, it's like, well, you have uh, plenty of other areas in your life, you know, you can know uh devote mm -hmm. time and effort into making yourself happy with whether it be work or whether it be school whether it be you know your your hobbies whether yeah. it just be what you know what whatever it is that you understand that mm -hmm. ab about yourself so it's super interesting too because at the time that I, a lot of the things that i was writing i tried to think of it in the sense of if for some reason i'm not able to sing again at least I'll have these songs to give to somebody else. You know what I mean? I was like, I feel like something, my work has to be heard somehow. Yeah. So that also was a way of me trying to like be able to strengthen that part of writing music just for the sake of writing it mm -hmm. and not necessarily knowing if it's going to be, you know, used for something specific or not. Um, so yeah, I tried to really tap into that. It's super funny though because when I did, well, when I, my first time, that I was able to sing after the vocal cord surgery it was actually around when uh, Janelle Monet released uh, her vi music video for Electric Lady. Oh, wow. nice. <laughs> and I had I was watching it on uh, YouTube because I love that album. Like the whole album is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but then I saw the music video and I was just running through the house like, yeah, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! Oh, I, was like, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, so I started crying. I was like, yeah, so, I, so I was singing Electric Lady like uh, over and over and over again. Cause I was so happy to be able to make some sound, and that's another reason why I consider that song to be like my absolute number one theme song in life. Like, uh, <laughs> like, your anthem. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's my anthem. If I can have a band walking down the street everywhere I go, that is a tune that they would play. So. <laughs> Hell yeah, mm -hmm. electric lady. Which means I'm hiring, by the way. Oh yeah. So, uh, right. <laughs> Take you want to uh, play a little lady for me while I walk around Milwaukee? Then uh, auditions up. will be next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was your first gig uh, upon uh, getting your voice back? Mm. The first show. What year was that? Twenty four. Um, you know, I had a couple. The first show that I ever really did know was ironically, uh, I think, for a classic. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the first big show that I had um, because he had just released his Seasons mm -hmm. LP. 
Um, and he had like a large thing for like at, Mir at the Miramar. Oh, nice. Uh, and he mm. was gracious enough to have me on the bill. And I think that was the first big, big show mm. uh, that I was able to do post-surgery. I had another one prior to that, too. I think it was something for like, called the Best of Milwaukee, which was at this place called Best of Milwaukee. And that was kind of mm. like me slowly reimbursing myself. Oh, but yeah. that was like the first like large scale anything that I had done since then, yeah. so it was super cool. I, bet, I can only imagine how grand that had to be. Oh man, it was awesome because I had all of my friends. All of my yeah. friends were with me. Like Quinn was in the keys, obviously, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. And I say this all the time. I don't really have any friends who are not dope. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like seriously, For everybody sure. that I could is in my circle. Everybody has some kind of artistic talent. And most of them have that has to do with music. So it, yeah. it's super cool that when I have stuff like that, then I can call upon my friends, you know, to come, you know, give supporting, you know, vocals or uh, play like a specific instrument and stuff like that. Because it, it never really feels like work at all, you know, yeah. when we're all doing it. Just a big, a big family affair. So totally. To <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Like you, you gravitate towards people. Exactly. Like you know, like, yeah, I, uh, Likewise here, like, I think most, like, yeah, all my friends are dope. Mm -hmm. Like, most, <laughs> most of my friends are also have some sort of creative outlet, yeah. uh, whether it's photography or music or, or they're just really passionate about wanting to change the world. Yeah. Uh, bros, they're all, they have some stake in doing something with entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, like, I, I think that it's just sort of like, you know, you, you tend to, you attract like-minded people. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, it's a very beautiful thing because you build a community out of it. Yeah. And it's best when you get to bring them into bring them into what you do. Mm -hmm. you know? This is uh, also true for a lot of the shows that I've curated over because I've had some opportunities in the last couple of years where I've been kind of placed in charge of like producing these musical productions, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that having experiences like me at my own shows and being able to bring in my friends kind of set the bar for that. You know, it kind of gave me a good template to go off of because it makes me know like where to draw things from. Right. Like, um, remember the time remix that you uh, mentioned in the yeah. beginning that that song was a part of a larger scale project called MJ Uncovered because, you know, mm -hmm. they had this Uncovered series through Alberto that David yeah. Ravel produced and all. Uh, uh, and a bunch of friends of mine also had curated shows prior to that, and I was in like four of them <laughs> myself nice, as nice, an artist. Yeah. So I was happy to finally have the chance to put on one myself. But that was a very, very, very grueling show <laughs> to yeah, do yeah. because I, I'm, I'm grateful for it because it showed me literally all the ins and outs that go on behind the scenes with putting on shows. It's not just about playing music. It's not just about mm -hmm. are we having fun. Like I had to do everything yeah but with that said um it allowed me to take that platform and bring other folks with me you know yeah. what i mean like the sister strings and mm -hmm. the immortal girlfriends and all of the amazing friends like brit nicole and kendall J that i already yeah. performed yeah. with on a regular basis and and folks that maybe are, are not always seen as often you know as does me right. and my friends you right. know but i know very much we're talented totally so yeah it, it's, it's awesome to be able to take my experiences and, and those sorts of opportunities and kind of kind of can you know join right. them so to speak right them, yeah you know, one big thing totally mesh them exactly mm -hmm. yeah so that all being said uh yeah who's uh, currently in your band you know i don't have a be free full a, a firm roster if you will oh sure okay. because um 
one, the people who I play with or who play with me, they all play in like five other yeah, outfits themselves. Yeah, right. So I never want to just be like, oh, this is the be free drummer. You know sure. what I'm saying? Because it, it, it literally is interchangeable. Sure. Um, I would say the only constant for sure is me and Quincy. Yeah, that's Okay. <laughs> right. And then just depending on which of my homies are available for sure. whatever gig I have, like, it's a number of drummers. I got my friends DC. Mm-hmm. Um, Olin Franklin is an amazing drummer here in the city, but he plays with uh, uh, Cigarette Break and uh, some other projects. Um, so it alternates. It does. It definitely yeah. alternates. Yeah. yeah. I saw that uh, Dalen Harris is one of your backup singers. She's, you know, me and Dalen, uh, we started singing together at another Uncovered show, oh, actually. Yeah. It was for Prince Uncovered. Oh, no. oh yeah. wow. Dope. Yeah. A yeah. uh, friend of ours, uh, Cree Miles, uh, she oh, yeah. kind of had us come on as a part of her set. Uh, and that's how we met, and I was like, and we also played together in Foreign Goods. Which Foreign, was a, yes, which is another uh, Riverwest band here. That was yeah. a large outfit of, yeah. of and talented individuals. So Dayla was up eventually a part of that as well. So yeah, small world because yeah, she was mm-hmm. my ex's uh, roommate. At oh, one point. so I was like, oh, I like know her from. So you seen her a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I remember when she got married and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's really sweet. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I well, that's cool that you know you uh, everyone like all your friends or all kinds of different musicians get mm-hmm. get a little uh, piece of what you do in a way yeah. in a in a very cool way that's you know where it's like everyone you know brings something different, but it's it as long as it's you know cohesive, uh-huh. then you know it's always a great time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what are you working on now? Right now, uh, well, this summer has been hectic. <laughs> like, it was super, super hectic. Um, I just transitioned into a new job because uh, I used to teach. I taught music full sure. time for seven years, um, but it just was even after the surgery, after recovery, it was just too much of a hassle on my voice. Yeah. Trying to do that all day and then do my be free thing all night or on the weekends. It was yeah. really like having two two persons in one, doing mm-hmm. one job with one vocal set of vocal cords, so I had to choose. So, yeah. um, I am now uh, running this program through Radio Milwaukee oh, wow. called the Grace uh, Grace Weber's Music Lab. Oh! Yeah. Awesome. I didn't know you were running that. I am, oh, that's yes. Awesome. Shout out Grace Weber yes, yes. Music Lab. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been uh, seeing it uh, all year. Yeah, it's just a, a local program that we have for Milwaukee teenagers uh, in high school when they can come once a month on the last Friday to come to the station and we bring in a, a master person, pretty much a person in the music industry to demonstrate what it is that they do. And they give them a performance and an interview and they also get to perform themselves for a little bit. So it's a super cool and immersive thing that we have going. So was it the Genesis uh, didn't he do This Renji did yeah. uh, one uh, with yeah. the house of Renji. Oh yeah. Last year. yeah. Uh-huh. We had a, quite a few people. Uh, I was the last, guests for the last school year uh, mm-hmm. in May, so I kind of just transitioned into the role cool. of directing it this year. But that's taken up, taken up some time uh, trying to get accustomed to that. Um, I also am still performing with other people. Like mm-hmm. We just did a wonderful show. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Q the Sun, Kiron, oh, yeah, yeah. just produced uh, Hip Hop DNA yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Market Center. I saw it, was, it looked very yeah, successful. It was awesome. Full House. It was sold out. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that took up, we, we practiced a lot, but it was, it was so worth it. It was so, so rewarding. Uh, and then I just produced um, my first show this past August for Hip Hop Week. Cool. Uh, I did a show called uh, Ladies First, where I got to take 
uh, all the different rappers and singers that I know of in the city who are women. And we got to highlight other people from the 80s and 90s that well, we kind of look up to. And that nice. was a great show. So that's pretty much been like my precedence in the last uh, bit of the season. And at the Hip Hop DNA show, everything, I just, that was like my 30th show. <laughs> this, oh, wow. this from this year Damn. so exactly right so now that things are winding down um i'm just trying to make more room for my art especially now that my schedule has adjusted a bit not teaching full-time anymore um i'm always working like I, it, yeah. it's been a, bit, a little bit of time since the project the last project i put out was released but i like to think of it in a sense of I don't have anything to write about if I'm not living. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I don't want to put things out just for the sake of, oh, well, it's been three years, so let's do something really quick. No, I want to make sure it's heartfelt. I don't want to make sure oh, yeah. that it's coming from a place of, of you know, a genuine... Yeah. It can't be a force. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really just allowing myself to kind of feel out where I am in this period of my life. You know, I'm kind of not coming out of my 20s and this new space of where, where am I kind of doing the mental check-ins emotionally and spiritually and the project that I'm working on now is just going to be a literal reflection of all that. I want it to be kind of a martyr or just a, a victorious uh, project for people who are like the, the later millennials, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the people who were born in the 80s. Some of us are not okay yet. <laughs> you know, some of us are not financially stable. Some of us are not, you know, feeling like we have a good handle on where we should be, you know, like they really yeah. expect us to be by right. this age or this time in our life. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want it to be sort of a, a celebratory, like, hey, this is where we are. This is what life is for us. This is how I feel about it. Let's deal with it. And then boom. So that's, I'm really happy with the material that's coming from that's that. Cool. You know, I'm, I'm absorbing a lot musically. I definitely want there to be some instance or um, evidence of growth from where I was in the last project. Like I've been listening to a lot more, um, I would say chill wave things, but also trap things. You know, I have a lot of different influences. And I also, I have a lot of cool people here in the city that I've been listening to that are doing amazing things. And I'm just like kind of absorbing all of that, you know, and, and seeing what I can do to kind of contribute to that same um, effort of, of talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Uh, that's awesome. I'm excited to see yeah. what comes out of this period. Um, yeah. It sounds like, you know, you're just a very uh, invigorated uh, with all these, you know, this or that. It just sounds yeah. like you, you know, you are staying very busy, but you're uh, mm-hmm. doing a lot to afford the opportunities and the mm-hmm. programs and just also, uh, you know, your own music kind yeah. of here within the scene. So, Oh, that's super cool. And then uh, it's you and uh, Quentin do your duo thing at the Jazz Estate. That's mm-hmm. monthly, right? It is. Um, this upcoming one on the first uh, Tuesday of November is probably going to be our last one for a while. Uh, it's going to be our 10th show. Oh. Yeah, so uh-huh. we're going to take a little bit of a break and yeah, reset sure. and see uh, if there's any space in the upcoming year for us to fit that in again. So we're, we're very appreciative of them giving us that opportunity because... It really just started with a series of shows early February this year. We kind of just kept adding on to that, which it thus turned into this a bit of a residency. So it was, it's really awesome. Shout out to Jazz State. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Okay. Be free. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Man, it's nice and toasty in here. It is. Nice uh, little autumn. We're ready for fall. We're, we got autumn house <laughs> vibes on lock. 
Um, so uh, it was great to talk to you about all, all your music, all the cool stuff you got going yeah. on, all the programs. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, my pleasure. So tell me, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, worrying about whether or not I'm doing a good job at life. But, the, <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, I sleep soundly regardless. Good. <laughs> I think everything you said about being celebratory with what you are doing, mm -hmm. where you are at, that's mm -hmm. that's some real uh, real shit. Yeah. Uh, living in the moment, uh, embracing what you got going on. Absolutely. What puts you to sleep, though? What puts me to sleep? Mm -hmm. um, knowing that I have a chance to get up and try it again. That's God real. willing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is that. I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep on that. Yes. That's good. <laughs> Thank you for being on the of show. Course. Yeah, of course. Listen to Ode to Love Affair. Uh, also. Uh, We'll be uh, posting links uh, to uh, the, the, the programs and whatnot that uh, Brittany's working on. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at the letter B, the word free number two music, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. You heard her. Mm -hmm. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we'll see you next time. Two, three, four.